1: Thank you for your presence today. The Bible beautifully describes the creation of the first man, woman, and marriage. God made the heavens and the earth with us in mind. Then he made man in his image and breathed into him the breath of life to care for the universe he created. If that wasn't enough, he made woman from the rib of man to complement him. And with God's blessings, they became husband and wife. Listen with Bible, pen, and paper handy as Pastor Rander articulates this beautiful truth from the Holy Scriptures.
2: And Father, we do pray for this message now that you will use me to preach your gospel in the power of the Spirit. In Jesus' name, and all God's children said, Amen. Turn with us to the gospel according to John, chapter 8, verse 32. The gospel according to John, chapter 8, verse 32. And there you'll find these words. John 8, 32, the word of God reads, and you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. I repeat, and you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. And from this, we want to preach on misconceptions in marriage, misconceptions in marriage. Beloved, if you proceed into marriage not knowing the truth about it, then you will be more inclined to believe the many misconceptions that are swirling around in this world system as it relates to marriage. Therefore, the scripture says you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Since marriage is one of the most important decisions you will make in life. You need to know the truth about it so you won't be deceived and end up distraught and miserable throughout the course of your marriage. What are some of the misconceptions that people have about marriage? There are many misconceptions swirling around out there, and I want to identify a few of them. There are many more, but we just want to give you a sampling of misconceptions that people have about marriage. Number one, that premarital counseling is the only counseling you will ever need in your marriage. That, my friend, is a misconception. And you'd be surprised that people go into marriage and they want the marriage to be successful, but they seek no counseling. Maybe it's because of ignorance or just don't know or could be because of pride. I know what it's all about. Yet they've never been married. How do you know what marriage is if you've never experienced it before? You need counseling so that you can know what you're getting into. Marriage is not a part-time commitment. It is a lifetime commitment to the glory of God. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 14 says, where there is no counsel, say "No no counsel. Where there is no counsel, the people fall. But in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. My friend, to keep your marriage healthy and vibrant, you must continue to invest in your marriage through conferences, through attending marriage seminars, getaways, a time alone together. You must have counseling just like you service your car, uh, service your home, maintaining it. Then you ought to have marriage maintenance so that your marriage will be vibrant and fresh and not grow old and stale. Number two, the second misconception about marriage is that People think that as long as they have love alone, that is enough. People think that as long as they have love alone, that is enough. Galatians 5, 13b says, uh, but through love serve one another. Couples go into marriage not knowing that a successful marriage takes a lifetime. It takes a lifetime. Love is, is translated into commitment and work in the marriage to the glory of God. Many assume that their relationship will naturally get better on its own. No, you get out what you put in. That's right. You reap what you sow and uh, you have to work at the marriage and you just can't be in love in love with one another. That's good. But uh, love is commitment. Love is time. That's right. Love is work It is a lifelong process. Uh, to the glory of almighty God. The third misconception is that many think it's OK to divorce and there are no consequences if it doesn't work out. Now, that's a misconception. If I ever heard one, many think it's OK to divorce. Just free fall. Don't work out. Husband. Number one, two, three, fifteen. <clears throat> Many think it's okay to divorce and there are no consequences. If it doesn't work out, they go into marriage anticipating that it will fail. Genesis 2.24 says, therefore, shall a man leave his father and mother and shall cleave. Say cleave. That means stick like glue to the spouse, to your husband, to, to your wife, for better or for worse, in sickness and in health, for richer or poorer, and they shall be one flesh. My friends, if you enter marriage expecting it to fail, it almost becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. If you enter marriage expecting it to fail, it will almost become a self-fulfilling prophecy. This goes to the extent that people won't even enter into a marriage covenant, preferring to cohabitate, you know, just stay together, just live in. And that's that's our society today. Believing that they can just leave because they weren't married anyway. If it doesn't work out. Remember the old age adage that says, and I quote, why buy the cow when you can get the milk for free? My friends, God is calling us to honor one another. And you do that by getting married and not shacking up. And sleeping together and doing everything. And uh, you ought to respect one another enough to get you some license. If you get it for dogs, if you get it for fishing and hunting. Why not the person that's living in your house, sleeping in your face that you're laying with? That is a stench in the nostrils of Almighty God. Won't y'all say amen? Amen. That's going to make some of you in here shacking up, get hooked up. (laughs) Amen. 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 Church is going to be blessed. Folk need to get out of sin. Number four, another misconception is this, that in-laws don't matter. That in-laws don't matter. You are wise indeed to build a relationship with your prospective in-laws prior to marriage so that you won't be blindsided. You better know about uh, your prospective spouse's folk. Because you're about to come together, not just you and your spouse are getting married, but you're marrying a whole tribe, a whole clan is coming together and you better know what they're like and not be blindsided and surprised. Because in-laws can become outlaws and tear up the marriage, shred it to pieces. So. How do in-laws interfere with marriage so we can see if you are interferer or not <laughs> how do in-laws interfere with their children's marriage a they are unable to let go of their child because of being a mama's boy or a daddy's girl they are unable to let go of their child because of being a mama's boy or daddy's girl. It can work both ways. You have the children running to parents for everything. I mean just everything. Mama, 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 mama daddy, 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 daddy. Hold it. You're starting a venture, A life together to the glory of God. Then you have the parents constantly interfering in the marriage relationship. They always uh, got to put their two cents in on everything. They can't let... Their children struggle through some issues. They want to be their savior. They want to bail them out. And sometimes if you're not careful, you'll try to be God in the relationship of your children. Y'all getting quiet now. B, there are some in-laws, they are attempting to sabotage the marriage if they don't approve of your spouse. In other words, the parents don't like who you've married So they take every opportunity to undermine the marriage. They just don't like your husband, mama, daddy. Your mama, daddy don't like the wife and uh, that you married. And so they just interfere. They hope it don't work out. They're selfish Uh, that that's not the one. They don't measure up and pride gets in the way. Uh, So they attempt to sabotage the marriage. They interfere that way. See, child rearing. Uh, in-laws sometimes interfere with the child rearing process, telling you how to raise your children by criticizing your spouse, how the husband or wife discipline uh, make decisions. Why do you do that? You let your child get away. You're too strict. You, you're too easy. you too, you too this. you too that. And they get all in the way and they begin to frustrate their children's marriage. They become so possessive and just making a mess of things. D, in-laws interfere by way of finances, telling you how to spend your money. Why are you buying that? Y'all know y'all not ready for that house. Listen, that car is okay. Just don't do this or do that. Now, y'all, when your husband going to get up and go to work? You know, now he ought to be going to work, but, you know, but let them work through that. I, you know, let them work through that. I understand sometimes they get in the parents' pockets, and that's another thing, too. They want to be married, but they're still living in mom and dad's pocket. And so some of that has some validity to it, but uh, you, it is possible to interfere with finances and trying to meddle in the financial affairs of your children. In laws uh, interfere by taking sides, taking sides, being partial to their own child. You know, I know my child, so you know, here's what you could expect. No, my child would do that, say that. Listen, let go. When your child says, I do, your children say, I do, then let them go. Let them have their adventure. Let them struggle through some things. Being partial to their own child, especially during conflicts. Only listening to your child's side of the story and uh, just getting too involved in that regard. You're always on on your child's side. uh. F, they want you to value their opinions over those of your spouse. The parents are saying, uh, now listen, I know you got a husband. I know you got your wife, young lady, a young man. But remember, I birth you. (laughs) Therefore, my opinion is the only one that matters. Now, that's really outright being an outlaw. Won't y'all say amen? Uh, Another way in-laws interfere, G, They impose themselves into your family plans uninvited. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Uninvited. They impose themselves into your uh, family plans uninvited. They'll show up unexpectedly, not calling ahead, especially when they're living in town together. Not calling ahead of time and not checking with you to make sure there is no conflict. You take a vacation and here come the mama law. He'll come to daddy-in-law. He'll come to all the tribes. And sometimes you just want some intimacy, some time together. And, and mama invite herself and then you don't know how to tell mama, hey, mama, can you stay home this time? <laughs> Won't y'all say amen? amen? Yeah, yeah, that's how you can impose. Being uninvited, just always in their house, making a mess of things, You, you putting strain and tension that's so unnecessary. H, spending too much time on the phone with the child. Child always comes. I'm going to call my I'm going to call daddy, 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 mama, mom, talking every person on, in your family. One spouse is doing that and they're always on the phone hours and hours and hours. Matter of fact, it's a dangerous thing when uh, your child is still more closer to the parent than they are their own spouse, own spouse. You know, they have a better relationship, better friendship. <laughs> with the mama or daddy than they do with their own husband or wife. And you spend an hour every day. Here come a 30 minute hour call in the evening time. And y'all been separated all day. And now you spend half the night, you know, just laughing and giggling. You'll do some of that laughing, giggling with your husband or with your wife. Y'all, I can tell y'all listening. I'm in some of y'all's business. <laughs> Uh, I, they belittle and disrespect their child's spouse. Sometimes in laws do that. They belittle and disrespect, they're sarcastic using sarcasm. They're disrespectful in their treatment of the spouse. You know, and that, that's hurtful as well as harmful. Uh, Jay, they have unreasonable expectations of their child's spouse. They have unreasonable expectations of their child's spouse, such as cooking ability, handyman expertise, car repairs. Your spouse may not be able to cook like mama. Well, m- mama can cook, why you can't cook meatloaf like that? You know, or fix the car, you know, my daddy can fix the car. How come you can't fix the car? Don't let him fix the car if he don't know what he's doing. It's gonna break down on you, lady. You know, if you don't know plumbing, let him call a plumber. Better to pay a little more than mess it up and have water everywhere. Realize that every person will have their own giftedness, their own skill sets, uniquely to them. Don't, don't expect man, your wife, to cook like your mama, you know. So just be careful about that. Stop comparing. Comparing can be dangerous in the relationship. Guard against comparison. That can be deadly and disastrous. Ruth 116 B says, your people shall be my people. I like that. Your people shall be my people. When you're merging, your people is my people and my people are your people and your God, my God. Number five, we're changing up here. Another misconception is that they can change their prospective spouse. They go into marriage thinking that they can change their prospective spouse. Now, you're fooling yourself. Well, I know he's like this, but I think in time we can work on that. Uh, She has these issues, but uh, I believe I can change him. You're going to make a catastrophic mess. Second Corinthians 318 says, so all of us who have had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord, who is the spirit, makes us more and more like him as we are changed. Into his glorious image. In other words, my friends, we must realize that we are not God and do not have the power to change our spouse. As a matter of fact, you don't have the power to change yourself. It takes the Holy Spirit, the word of God, Jesus Christ to to change you. You can't change yourself without the Holy Spirit. Transformation comes from God through the power of the Holy Spirit. So if you can't change yourself, but by the Holy Spirit, how do you think you can change somebody else? You know, you cannot, don't ever go into a relationship thinking that you can change them for the better at some point once you say, I do. Number six, another misconception is that they think that they will will live happily ever after once they get married. They think they will live happily ever after once they get married. Now, that's a myth and a misconception. Genesis 2.24, therefore, shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave. Unto his wife, they shall be one flesh cleaving through even through moments of trials, even through times of being upset with your spouse. You stay there, work it out and hope for the best. You you cannot approach marriage like some kind of fairy tale. Your marriage will have issues. Therefore, you must cleave to your spouse through your struggles. You must cleave to your spouse through your challenges. You must cleave to your spouse through your joys. There'll be ups and there will be downs and there'll be times of disappointment. There'll be times of trials and misunderstandings. But hang in there. Be steadfast and uh, refuse to throw in the towel. Number seven, the seventh misconception is that I will be happy if I marry someone with money or financial status that I will be happy in marriage if I marry someone with money or financial status. First Timothy chapter six, verses nine through 10 says, but those who desire to be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and harmful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil for which some have strayed from the faith and their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. To marry someone for what you can get is as wrong as it could be. To marry someone simply because they're driving a nice car, living in a nice house, they have a big time job, occupation, that's selfish and materialistic. You will end up with crushed hopes and shattered dreams. Material wealth does not guarantee a successful marriage. If you think that's the case, just check, check out some of those Hollywood movie stars. Check out some of the people who are political figures of our day. That's right, you know. Check out some of the athletes. You know, that that some of them are abusing their spouses and such thing and children and what have. But just because you marry somebody with money doesn't mean you're going to be on easy lane. Easy lane. I'd rather have somebody not eating a tuna sandwich, but we respect one another and we love one another and we appreciate one another. We might be making minimal wage, but we can get along and we enjoy each other and we enjoy life. Money is not everything. And when you hook up based on material gain, you are in for an unholy mess. Why don't you say amen? amen. And the eighth misconception is this, that marriage alone will fulfill them. Oh, if I can just get married, I will be fulfilled. Beloved, we must realize that it is Christ who brings joy. It is Christ who brings contentment. It is Christ alone who brings fulfillment in our lives. Therefore, we must not put our hope In our spouse, but rather in our God, your spouse will let you down. They will fail you. They will make mistakes. We will put our foot in our mouths. That's right. We will do a good thing the wrong way. Okay. and so don't ever lift anybody up on a pedestal like that. It can become downright disastrous. Christ is our peace. Christ is our contentment. Christ is our hope. Christ is our all in all. Psalm 39, 7 says, and now look, what do I wait for? My hope is in you, meaning God. Keep your hope in God. People will disappoint you. Boyfriends and girlfriends will disappoint you. You live in a shack and together, trying it out. You are destined for disappointment. That's right, because we all have a sin nature and uh, we all go off track. We've sinned and we've fallen short of the glory of almighty God. Number nine, the expectation that your spouse will assume the parental role in your marriage. The expectation that your spouse will assume the parental role in your marriage. Again, you keep saying Genesis 2.24, Genesis 2.24, because that cleave means what? Cleave. Cleave. Therefore shall a man leave his father and mother and shall cleave to his spouse. Your spouse is your spouse. Say, my spouse is my spouse. Thank you. Your spouse is your spouse and not your mother or father. It is an unfair expectation. For them to be a parental substitute, you're not marrying your daddy, you're marrying your husband, you're not marrying your mama, you're marrying your wife. And then also, on the other hand, I'd say this, too. When you get married, don't treat your spouse. I'm just the God's given me throwing this in for what it's worth in the spirit. Don't treat your spouse like they're your child. Your spouse is not your child. Your, child, your, your spouse is your husband, your wife, not your child. Come here. Go. Do this. Do that. Do this. Be here by this time. What, what, what took you so long? Time out. <laughs> you know, and, and, and uh, listen, don't be wimpy either. Don't be a doormat. If somebody's trying to make a child like you, say, wait a minute, honey. I think you got this all mixed up now. I'm your husband. I'm not 13. I'm 40. I'm 40. So if I'm five minutes over, maybe maybe it was traffic on the streets or something going on. But uh, don't put them on these rigid legalistic time schedule. And you treat them like little children and tell them where they can't do, go and what they can't do and and what you ought to do. And why? I mean, come on. They are not. They are not children. You're a loving spouse. You're wholly married to the glory of almighty God. Number 10. The 10th misconception is this. Having children will bring you closer together. Having children will bring you closer together. And some people want to catch folk by having babies from them. And then they still end up divorced. Having children will bring you closer together. Ephesians 4.3 says, make every effort to keep yourself united in the spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. It is the Lord that keeps you together, not your children. That's right. That's right. It is a wonderful thing when couples who have children out of wedlock eventually get married. That is a good thing. But listen, but you don't marry simply because of that baby. You can have five children and still divorce. You understand what I'm saying? you got to be married because of your love and commitment to each other. And uh, we want the baby to have a mother. We want the baby to have a father. And that is the good and proper thing to do. But you want to make sure above all that you really love each other and you're committed to each other because it takes more than a child to keep a marriage. That's right. It takes more. I'm telling you what I know. It takes more than a child to keep a marriage. That's right. It takes God to keep that marriage. Uh, Even though your children are a gift from God, there is nothing easy when it comes to child rearing, especially when you have a strong willed child. Some of these children will test you to the nth degree. Somebody know what I'm talking about. It is possible for children to cause division and even separation between parents. On the other hand, children also have a way of rallying the parents to become a united front to deal with the issues of their child. And they're not going to let their child play one against the other. That's right. And when they get, that's right. They do it as young ones. And then even at teenagers, they know, to, they know how to play games with you. And if you're not alert, they'll, they'll, they'll dupe you. <laughs> Like I said, they'll, they'll dupe you. They know what they do doing. They got strategy. They, they think. They, they know how to think and strategize. Don't fall prey to their strategies.
1: As committed children of the only true and living God, we walk by faith and not by sight. Life on earth is not easy. Yet, even in the midst of trials and tribulations, we have joy, hope, peace, strength, and God's blessed assurance as we face trials